Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This week, we'll hear from pastors Nate and Mayel Linsett in the series, Moving Forward. This eighth week on the series, we will hear them speak on empowerment. Now here is Pastor Nate and Mayel. Great day today. So good to see you. Yes. Well, I'm excited today. I get to preach with my L today. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> You're going to be in for a great treat. It's going to be really, really fun. One thing I want to make sure I address uh, before we get too far, some of you might be asking, what is up with all of the shirts? And where's mine? Well, don't worry. We will be willing to pass them out to you and give them to you. We'd love for you to wear them. We're doing a series starting September 14th. Uh, you should have heard about it. Um, on Wednesday nights. On Wednesday nights. Um, thank you. That's why. Thank you for keeping me on track. Uh, September 14th. Uh, that's a Wednesday night. And we're going to be doing a nine-week series talking about better together. And I hope you come. It's going to be a great time. And uh, the first night, uh, we're going to have food in the lobby at 6 o'clock. And then at 7, we are going to come in here. And we're going to cast vision and talk about that we are... Better together. Oh, you got it. Okay, so I hope every single one of you come out. It's going to be... Uh, a great time. I also wanted to take a quick moment. My parents are here, Wes and Connie. Can we honor them? Thank you for being here. And uh, we are so thankful for, for you. We love you both. Thank you for being here. And uh, it's going to be a great day. Well, I have a question for every single one of you. Have you ever felt like you didn't have what it takes to do something significant? Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt like you did not have what it takes to do something significant? A few weeks ago, our little guy, Tate, um, did something that was very significant in his life. We went to Sun River Resort, and they have a water park with water slides called Shark, S-H-A-R-C, in case you're wondering. It stands for something. I don't know what it is. You can look it up later. (laughs) <laughs> and um, they, he watched his big brother and myself go down this slide on a tube. It was a big slide. And he has never done anything like that in his life. And so he said, we asked him, and he said, I want to I wanted do it. So we grabbed the tube. It's a double tube. And we went up there. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be embarrassing if we have to walk down. Or this might be a bummer. I'm not sure how this is going to go. I was thinking they were going to have to stop the whole ride because he's going to freak out That's halfway true. down. That's what I'm thinking. We have lots of thoughts going in our heads. Lots of scenarios. And as we're walking up the stairs, he, uh, he had this little cheer for himself. Mm-hmm. He kept saying, um, Tate, you can do this. Tate, you can do this. And so he gets all the way up there, and they, um, they have to measure you, right? And so they measured him three different times, and he was <laughs> right at the line. So the whole time praying, Lord, if he wants to do it and they don't let him do it, this is going to be even worse. <laughs> so then they get him up on the tube, and I'm sitting there, and, and he's saying, Tate can do this. Tate, you can do this. So they push him down and, and me, and we ride down the tube, and he's holding on to my legs pretty hard. And we go all <laughs> the way down, and we splash in the water, and he gets out. And I look at him, and I said, Tate, are you OK? And he goes, let's do it again. <laughs> and so 
By the end of it, he starts hitting the water and jumping off the tube. So we wanted to show you a video yes. of what he was doing. He was so excited to do this. By the end, we were just trying to keep him on the tube instead of launching midway down the slide. So that resulted in us about five hours a day at the yes. water park going down I bet down we went down tube. that slide about a hundred times. Yes, we know that, too, that slide yes, very, very well. well. But the thing is, is Tate did something significant. He did something he didn't even know he could do, but he got over his fear, he got on the tube, and then he loved it. And you know, we are like that in life. A lot of us can relate to Tate in life. And in Christ, we are capable of doing things we never thought we'd ever be able to do. And here at PCC, moving forward, we are all about helping people become empowered to walk boldly in who God created them to be. That's our call here at PCC, is to empower people to walk boldly in who God created them to be. And so today, as we look at scripture, we believe that Jesus is the ultimate model of empowerment. Yes. Everywhere Jesus went, Jesus empowered people. You look at the 12 disciples, the calling of the 12 disciples. He called them out of a life into something that they never thought possible. Mm -hmm. He said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of what? Of men. They had no idea what that meant, but they felt this call to follow Jesus and he empowered them to be a part of something miraculous. And so today we wanna dive into a story where we watch Jesus empower his disciples to do something they never thought possible. Yes, so if you have your Bibles, let's see it. Come on, PCC, we got our Bibles. Open to Mark chapter six. And we're gonna be in verse 37. Now, it has been pointed out to me, some people have noticed, that I ask you to bring your Bibles, show me your Bibles, and then I read from my iPad. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Rick, for pointing that out. So today we're gonna read from our Bibles. Sound good? good And everyone said amen. Amen. All right. Um, But to set the story up for you, Jesus. And uh, his disciples have been doing ministry, and they decide to go on a break. So they get in a boat, they cross the sea, and they couldn't get a break because people noticed that they were doing this. So they actually followed them all the way around the lake, and they show up, and Jesus has compassion on them. And he looks at them, and he says, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And so he decides to start speaking to them. And the Bible says there are over 5,000 men, not including women and children. So there's this huge group of people there. And he starts talking. Like any good preacher with a captive audience, you just keep going. So he (laughs) preaches well into it. Some of you are getting that. Like, wait, wait, wait a second. So he just keeps going and going to the point where it starts to get a little bit darker. And the disciples are noticing people are getting hungry. So this is where we pick up in verse 37. They're like, Jesus, you got to get them some food or send them away or do something. And then verse 37, but Jesus said, you feed them. What? You feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. 
They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the, lo the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed from these loaves. This is such an amazing scripture for so many reasons. And I want to take a moment to just dive into it a little bit deeper. So part of the way that I read scripture is I try to put myself in the story. Have you ever done that when you're reading scripture? Imagine that you're in the story. So let's imagine all of us are Jesus's disciples, okay? And you're going into this day a little tired because you had just been out doing ministry and you're supposed to be getting a break, but Jesus had compassion on people, on not just a few people, but 5,000 men and counting women and children, which I like to do because I'm a woman and I have children. So counting men, women, and children, there would be 20,000, scholars believe 20,000 people there that day. That's a lot of people. And Jesus is speaking to them and he's encouraging them. And as the day is going on, you're hungry. And you notice that the people are getting hungry. So as a disciple, what would you do? I mean, what would you do? So Nate and I, we're disciples, right? So we get together and we go, hey, Nate, you know, Jesus, this is a really great 20-point sermon that Jesus has, but this is just keeps going. <laughs> Do you think he knows that we're hungry? I mean, he is the son of God, so maybe he didn't get as hungry as everybody else, but he's hungry. What should we do? We got to let him know. We got to let him know. So you go up to Jesus, right? And you, could you imagine there's an interruption? Um, excuse me, Jesus. You know, this... 10-hour sermon is so good, and I could keep going. Nate is struggling, though, and he's hungry. <laughs> I would be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Nate is hungry, so I think it might be a good idea to let them go. And Jesus looks at them and says, you're right, you feed them. Excuse me? Yeah, no, you feed them. With what? 20,000 people. Can, I mean, just put, picture this for a moment. We glance by it like it's just not a big deal, but this was a big deal. Jesus, how am I going to feed 20,000 people? If I worked for months, I would not have enough money to feed all of these people. Mm -hmm. You know, all of us have these moments where we wrestle with excuses when God asks us to do something. Yeah, but God... But God, how am I supposed to do that? But God, I don't, I don't have what it takes. But God, I don't have enough courage. God, I don't have enough training. But God, I'm just, I don't have enough time. But God, what if they don't like me? But God, but God, we start to sound like chickens. But God, but God, but God, we just start, you know? That's what our excuses sound like to the Lord. Because he's like, don't you know who I am? Yeah. Because the problem is, is a lot of us look at situations, look at problems through the lens of our own ability mm. rather than through the lens of an almighty God. Yeah. And so the disciples were looking at this situation through their own lens. Yeah. And even though they had walked with Jesus, they had seen him perform miracle after miracle after miracle, they still struggled to apprehend fully what Jesus was capable of doing. Mm. And Jesus is so kind. He's inviting them into this miracle. Yeah. And Jesus says... You feed them. Yeah. With what? 
And he says, go and see what you have. Jesus is really practical. He's modeling this for them. He's empowering them to what? To be a part of this miracle. So they go and they find five loaves and two fish. (laughs) Now, if you're a disciple, because we are, and I'm a real logical thinker, I'm thinking, Jesus, this does not add up. (laughs) You know, even if we just, little crumbs wouldn't even, we couldn't even pass out little crumbs to 20,000 people. So you go back and you say, here you go. Here's five loaves and two fish. That's all we got. And Jesus says, great. And he takes the five loaves and the two fish and he blesses it and breaks it. And here's the coolest part of this story. Jesus could have handed it out himself. What does he do instead? He hands it to the disciples. So Jesus is the provider of the miracle, but he entrusts us and empowers us to deliver it. He entrusted the miracle into the disciples' hands. The disciples actually got to deliver the miracle. Jesus is the provider, but we get to be a part of delivering it. This is the model of empowerment, and this is what Jesus is calling us to today, Mm -hmm. that we get to walk in power, not our own power, power from the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is the miracle-working God, and we get to be his ambassadors here on earth. So good. It's the power of Jesus at work through us. This is what empowerment looks like. Yeah, and isn't it kind of crazy to think that Jesus believes in us way more than we believe in ourselves? Like he's looking at the disciples and he believes that they can carry out this mission. And I think some of us struggle with that because we know Jesus wants to empower us, but we're not sure if we believe it's gonna happen or it's gonna work out or we can actually be used because the enemy likes to remind us of all of the faults, all of the things that we've made mistakes on. You could never do this. And that's why, and this is our big idea if you're taking notes, the first step to allowing Jesus to empower you, empowerment begins with one word and that's surrender. Mm -hmm. Surrender. Empowerment begins with surrender. When I surrender to my flesh and I do what I want to do, I get bound in chains. But when I surrender to Jesus, guess what happens? I get set free to become all that God has actually created me to be. You see, in the Bible, it says that if you want to follow Jesus, you know what it says you've got to do? We have the scripture. It should come up here on the screen. If you want to follow Jesus, you've got to put your life aside or lay it down, the NLT says. But do you know what in the, the actual word there is? Deny yourself. If you're going to follow Jesus, you have to deny yourself. Talk about not a very popular way of looking at life in today's culture. That is not very politically correct. What do we hear most people say? Do you do, bro. Do what you do. Do you. It's all about what makes you happy. And I just want to clear the the fog, whether in the pews or you're online. We're so glad that you're with us today, that to follow Jesus There comes a point where you recognize that my way is not working out so well. Mm -hmm. And one of the best places to be, if you're listening right now and you're trying to decide if you could follow Jesus or if you should follow Jesus or if you can be empowered by Jesus to do supernatural things like we see in Scripture, there comes a point, and I want to encourage you, 
change before you have to. Mm -hmm. Because the bondage only gets worse. It doesn't get easier. The longer you go down the trail of doing things my own way, the more lost you become. Yeah. So as a voice of hope, as a voice, I believe, from the Holy Spirit, he's saying this to you. It's today is your day to turn back to God. That's good. This is your day to be empowered by him. And one of the things we have to get back to is if if you're believing the lie that you have to be some super strong, super smart, better than average person to be empowered by Jesus. I love this quote from Mm -hmm. Heidi Baker. She says this, God is not about using the mighty, but the willing. He is not into using amazing people, just ones who are prepared to lay their lives down to him. God is not looking for extraordinary, exceptionally gifted people, just laid down lovers of Jesus who will carry his glory with transparency and not take it all for themselves. Yeah, amen. Amen. Empowerment begins with surrender. And I'm going to have Cheryl go ahead and bring up an illustration for us. I don't know about you. Maybe it's because I have young boys. Yeah, give it up for Cheryl. She's amazing. You mind pulling this back a little bit? All right. I am a visual learner, so I thought that this would help all of you who else is, who else is a visual learner? You got to learn. Okay. So we can learn this together. So surrender is the beginning of empowerment. Now this pillow is going to represent a soft landing, which would be like ourself. It would be other people, other people's opinions. It would be our flesh. It would be what we find to be our truth, meaning that what I think is best for me is what I'm gonna do. It's self. And then this, this part right here, the hard, firm foundation, this represents Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus is our firm foundation, right? And this ball, this is a racquetball, and this is going to represent all of us, right? We are all a racquetball this morning. (laughs) Um, But what was this ball designed to do? Bounce. It was designed to bounce. Now, what matters is what kind of surface this ball is on. You see, whatever you surrender to is your foundation. So when you face difficulties in life, you face big decisions in life, you face uh, maybe an illness or a tragedy or pain, disappointment, fear, or you just, you're looking for um, direction. If your foundation is in anything other than Jesus, it's in yourself, it's in others, what will happen when you fall? You really fall. (laughs) What happens? You don't bounce back. The ball doesn't actually do what it was designed to do. So when you face disappointment and you look to addiction, you look to other people to fill you up, what happens? You end up getting stuck, don't you? You don't bounce back. You feel trapped. But when you face things and Jesus is your foundation, what happens? You bounce back don't you? Because he's our firm foundation. And here's the coolest thing about Jesus is that no matter what you face, actually the harder the blow, the higher you'll go. Come on. That's a good word right there. Yeah. So when you face things in life and you're surrendered to Jesus, your hope is in Jesus, he will empower you to go higher and further than you ever thought possible because he's our firm foundation Mm -hmm. and he has come to set us free. But if you find yourself 
in anything other than Jesus, your foundation, you put your hope, you surrender to anything than Je but Jesus, you'll get stuck. And some of you, even right now as you're watching this, you're going, oh yeah, I identify. I can identify with that. I've had seasons in my life where I have felt like that. But I will tell you that when you turn to Jesus, he is so good, he will set you free, and pretty soon you're gonna be soaring because he's your firm foundation and he will empower you Come to on. do things you never thought possible. Yeah, so good. Surrender. So good. Surrender is the beginning mm -hmm. of empowerment. And yes. the second thing is this. To be empowered, you must surrender to the Holy Spirit. So good. We believe, in case you're wondering, in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. And each one plays a specific function in our lives. The Father sent Jesus to die for your sins and mine. That's why he's the firm foundation. But then Jesus said something so critical. He said, I must go away so that the Comforter, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit will now live in you to empower you. So as a believer, what so many, us, so many of us forget is that we have the presence and power of the Holy Spirit available to us to empower us to be free from sin, to be free from addiction, to be a bold witness. But here's the key. That's good. We should clap for that. That was really good. <laughs> but here, here's the key. In Acts 2.38, Peter says something so powerful. I think it's going to come up on the screen. I hope. If not, I'll pull it back and read it. I almost memorized it. And Peter said to them, repent. Do you see that word right there? You know what repent means? You're headed one way and to turn the other direction. Mm -hmm. You were heading down my way, this selfish way of road of destruction, pleasing myself, all about me, my world, mine, mine, mine. Repent and be baptized. So turn away from your sin, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. This is so critical because we live in a world that wants to say there is no such thing as sin. We live in a world that wants to allow you to do whatever you want, just don't hurt anybody, even though they're destroying their own lives and everyone else around them. Mm -hmm. Right? And the Bible is so clear, there is sin. It means missing the mark of God's plan in your life. And he has laid out very clearly what sins are and are not. And the lie is, and so many people get stuck with this, is they start redefining terms thinking that that gets you out of it and yet their lives are just bound and broken and they can't figure out why. So we repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, first part of surrenders to Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive, now here's the next part, the gift of the Holy Spirit. How do we receive a gift? Mm -hmm. Surrender. Your arms up. That's what it looks like. The Holy Spirit, he is available to you to empower you to live the life God has called you to. Yes, Galatians 5.25 says this. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Yeah. So I ask you this morning, are you surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Are you surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Keep in step with the Spirit. You know, even as we're speaking, Nate and I are right now, we're... we're in tune with the Holy Spirit because mm -hmm. we want to keep in step with what he wants to yeah. do today yeah. because he has fresh updates for us about what God wants to do in this new season, in this new day. Yeah. It reminds me of something that happened a few years ago 
with my husband and I. I had had a really busy day and my phone was not working the way it should. And anybody else like not super great with technology? Okay, so both my hands are raised. So my phone wasn't making phone calls. It would drop phone calls. It wasn't working at the speed I would like it to work at. I couldn't open emails. I just was like done with it. I was over it, goodbye. So my husband came home and he came in and I said, Nate, this phone is broken. I need a new one. Somehow it landed on the ground. It, it slipped out of your hand. Yeah, I think it just slipped. <laughs> out of my hand. We disagree about how it got there, but we're going to go with it slipped out of my hand, gracefully, gracefully, accidentally. Very gracefully. And he said, well, Mayel, have you updated your phone? And I said, what? What's an update? And, and he goes, well, you have to update your phone. And I said, my phone is a smart phone. Shouldn't it just update itself? You know, and he looked at me with love in his eyes and said, no. <laughs> he said, you've got to update your phone. And I said, well, why didn't you do that for me? My fault. My fault. <laughs> to which he responded, that's not my job. <laughs> so we had a really good clarifying conversation there <laughs> about roles. <laughs> but I said, will you help me update my phone? And he said, yes, I'll help you. So he plugged it in. And I have to be honest, I was standing there thinking, this is not going to work. But, you know, he'll see that I'm right and he's wrong. And so he updated my phone. And after an hour of patiently waiting, um, he pulled the phone out and he said, okay, now take a look at it. And to my bewilderment, this phone, which had been, not been updated for like two years, <laughs> could function at a speed that blew my mind. It was fast, it was efficient, it actually had things it could do I never knew possible. It was amazing, it literally blew my mind. I looked at Nate and I said, you were right, it just needed an update. You know, and we are like that as Christians. Many of us are trying to operate off of old software off of something that God did 20 years ago, which we honor and we celebrate that. But we need to be updated for the new thing that God wants to do today. God created you uniquely and wonderfully. He knows exactly your full potential and he wants to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit so you can work and be um, all that God has called you to be. Yeah. You will be able to do things you never thought possible when you keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But it requires you going to him and saying, what's the update for today? Yeah. What's the update for today? This morning we gathered as a team and we prayed and you know what we prayed? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? And different people shouted out different things that they sensed the Holy Spirit wanting to do. Salvation, yeah. reconciliation, um, that families would be reconciled to each other, that today would be a day of healing and breakthrough. The Holy Spirit is doing something new. And we want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. So we have to keep in step with the Spirit so that we can become all that God has created us to be. And I I love what you're saying. It's so true. But if you're like me, I like the comfort of things staying the same. Am I the only one? Some of you are that way. Like, sometimes I just like, the, like, I was throwing out some stuff in my car, and I was like, oh, I, I've had that piece of trash with me for all these years. 
And it's just so interesting how God will continually challenge us and grow us to take a step with the Holy Spirit and put us in places that our flesh is just not ready to be in. But I love this statement by Craig Rochelle. He says that you can either grow or you can control, but you can't have both. It's true. You can either grow or control, but you can't have both. And I just see when the more I surrender to what the Holy Spirit is asking me to do every single day, I recognize there's something new for me. Mm-hmm. And you know what's cool about that? Because one of the things we've taught here is that we engage the future and honor the past. In no way does the Holy Spirit ever belittle what he did in the past. Yeah. Right. And no way, I mean, we're still talking about Bible stories that happened thousands and thousands of mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I want to be very clear, every single one of us that's been here, and there's lots of people in this church that have been here uh, eight weeks like us. <laughs> and some of you have been here for over 50 years and everywhere in between. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is using every one of your steps because they're ordered by him mm-hmm. to build his kingdom? Yeah. They're not forgotten. They're not lost. And guess what he says? I love what you've done. And I have something more for you today. That's good. You're not done. Well, I I walk a little slower. My my foot hurts. I've got a different walk for you, a different cadence for you, a different prayer life for you. Because Isaiah reminds every single one of us, listen to this. Behold, Isaiah 43, 19, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do, not, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit wants to use every single person that will surrender their life to him to build his kingdom. And the lie is you have to look a certain way, have the right gifting, be a certain age. But it has nothing to do with that. It's about surrender, isn't it? Yeah. Empowerment looks like surrender. A few weeks ago, I went golfing with Leroy, one of our board members. He's on the, we'll say, a little bit older side, not too much. And uh, we had a great time golfing. Love Leroy. And Leroy and I were partnered in, in, our, uh, in, the, in the cart together. And we went by uh, a young man that was cleaning the golf carts. He worked at the golf course. We saw the golf pro. We saw some other friends. We saw people that were cleaning their gardens, that were out there watering things and hanging out. And every single person we stopped by, Leroy would make it a point and he would say, have you met my new pastor yet? (laughs) I loved it. And he would say, hey, get over here, Nate, get over here, Nate. And I'm like, Leroy, I'm trying to golf over here. And he says, no, you got to come to Portland Christian Center. You got to come to our church. You got to come hear what God's doing. And I've been with Leroy in lots of other different places. And he's always inviting people to church. He's telling them about God. And, I, and he said, you know, I went to something called evangelism explosion years ago. And it taught me that we are sharing Jesus everywhere I go. Yeah. That is somebody, listen to me, who's operating on new software. Yeah, that's good. He's been trained years ago, but he's looking for opportunity today. That's good. Now, I have a seven-year-old Tate who you saw jump in some water. Just the other night, we were at Fred Meyer because he wanted to do trick shots with a red Solo cup. (laughs) So we bought (laughs) five bags, which totaled 250 red cups. 
All total, thank the Lord they were on sale, it was about $12. (laughs) So we we line them up, and the lady that's checking us out, her name is Robin. And I don't know if you're here, Robin, or if you're there because we we invited you to church, or if you're online. Tate made her come around, and she had to put each one on the conveyor belt and count one, (laughs) two, three, four, five. And then he goes, that's enough. And then he went around the side and she starts saying, wow, he blessed me so much. So she's, she's just loving Tate and they're just talking and he's telling her, okay, make sure you count it right. Put it in the bag. Just right. Just right. And so he's watching her and uh, she's like, thank you so much for bringing him. He, he's really blessed my heart. And just before we go, Tate says, um, God made you special and he loves you very much. And Robin just weeps, just starts breaking down in tears. And she says, you have no idea how much I needed to hear what he just said. And you know what Tate said? Bye! (laughs) Bye! (laughs) The Holy Spirit has something new for you today. Mm -hmm. The question is, will you surrender to what he wants you to do? Because people are waiting for you. Why? People are the prize. People are the prize. Mm -hmm. He loves every single one of you. And he loves this world. And he's sending us Mm -hmm. with the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's for everyone. Yeah, amen. Amen. When we're talking about this, it's easy to feel tension around the topic of the Holy Spirit because of some experiences that some of you might have had with people who have mishandled the gifts of the Spirit. Now I know I have experienced things, Nate has experienced some crazy things, and I just wanna just make this really simple but true statement that God uses, thank you. The Lord is here, wow. You're empowered. It's another level. (laughs) Christelle, awesome. (laughs) Yes, but truthfully, this is a this is a holy moment because when the Holy Spirit moves, it's to empower you. So the enemy wants you to become as offended as possible, as fearful as possible of the Holy Spirit, so that you don't walk in power. And The truth is is that humans, God uses humans. And so sometimes imperfect humans make mistakes in how they handle the gifts of the Spirit. And unfortunately what happens is then in self-protection, and I've been there myself, we just, we resist any move of the Holy Spirit because we don't want to be hurt. We don't want to be hurt. And I'm here to tell you today that real freedom is found when you do this with the Holy Spirit because He wants to empower you to become all that God created you to be. You can live your life like this with trying to control everything. But what I'll tell you is that you'll miss out on all that God has for you. And I want to encourage you today at PCC, we're going to live empowered to walk boldly in who God created us to be. Not like this, but like this. Let's enter into a season of surrender, surrender to Jesus, surrender to the Holy Spirit. Because when we walk in step with the Spirit, we are then able to point the love of Jesus to people we come into contact with. It could be through your kid, it could be while you're golfing, it could just be a simple hello at a park. 
You never know who you're gonna interact with that needs the love of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit will lead you there. So my encouragement to you today is don't resist Him. Don't resist the Holy Spirit from moving in you and bringing freedom to you so that you can walk in power. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. So if you wouldn't mind standing with us just for a moment. And I just believe as we were talking about, there's a next step for every single one of us. There's an area in your life where you need to surrender. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or maybe you've heard about it, about him. You've heard about what he's offering, but you've actually not surrendered your life to Jesus. One of the things my dad, who's here, used to always say that really struck a chord with me. He would say, sin will always take you further than you ever thought you would ever go. And if you're listening to my voice right now and you're struggling with sin, today is your day for freedom. Do not let the enemy lie to you that you can take care of this later. Mm -hmm. Do not let the enemy lie to you that says this, oh, I've got it covered up, it's okay. Expose the darkness to the light so that you may be healed, yeah. that you may be set free. Mm -hmm. And the lie of the enemy is, oh, people are gonna judge me. No, they're not. They're praying for you to be free. Yeah. They love you. This whole church is built on the love of God. Yeah. And trying to do everything we can to redeem a lost and broken world through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So if you're here today, and whether you're online or, or, or listening to me, and there's sin and brokenness in your life, today is your chance, your opportunity to get right with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if you could bow your heads just for a moment and just give people a private time. We just let the Holy Spirit stir in people's hearts. He's drawing you. If you're feeling conviction of sin and brokenness, we're just going to believe right now, Holy Spirit, would you do a work in people's lives today? Would you prepare their hearts, Father? So if you're here today and you know that your life has been going down a path that you know it's not supposed to go and you're ready to turn your life back to Jesus, maybe for the first time or maybe this is the seventh time. I love in Proverbs it says, though a righteous man may fall seven times, again he rises. And rising looks like repentance. If you're ready to repent of your sin and turn your life back to Jesus, would you just slip up your hand right where you are and I'm gonna pray for you. Thank you, I see that hand. I see lots of hands going up. I see that hand. Lots of hands are going up. You're ready to turn away from your sin. Lots of hands all over. Even in the balcony, I see hands. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Lots of hands. I just want to make sure I don't miss anybody because we're going to pray for your freedom in just a moment. Thank you. Lots of hands. Okay. You can put your hands down. Father, right now, you saw every hand that was raised. So would everyone repeat this prayer after me? The whole church. Jesus, Jesus. I repent of my sins, I of my sins. and I turn to you. I ask that you would live in me. I ask that you would live in me. And I'm in you. And I'm in you. From this day forward. From this day forward. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna follow you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Lord, you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. One of the things that we're just excited about today is that He's not done with PCC. He's not done with you. And we have some incredible people that are getting baptized today that we get to celebrate because he's not done. So would you continue Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at 
www.cctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.